What is up? What is up, everybody? This is Carmine Davis, and you are listening to The Carmine Davis Show. We are back, bitch. I'm fucking back. How the fuck are you doing? I ain't even gonna hold you. Okay, so real quick. Okay, boom. So I'm supposed to release my project, whatever. It didn't happen the way I wanted it to because I'm not finished with the fucking song. And that, um, so there's that. And then, but in the month, I've been really like getting back into the swing of things, looking into this vaccination. And recently, you know, this George Floyd case, we talked handily about um, last season. This is season two, y'all. Like, this is crazy. I'm on season two of my podcast, which is really, really fun. Um, I didn't think I'd get this far. I usually like get bored and be like, okay, this is not beneficial at all. But this has been the funnest experience that um, one of the funnest experiences that I've had being fully or somewhat clothed most of the time. And I really can't say that I did not miss doing this every week. Like, I won't lie, like, this was, like, I felt like I was losing, like, I, I, it felt like I hadn't gone to, my, like, my therapist session for, like, month, or, like, a month. Like, it, it just felt, I had some shit to get off my chest. <laughs> and, like, every week, it was just, like, mounting, and I wanted to talk about all these things, and, you know, this is my platform. I don't usually like to tweet about everything or Facebook about everything or or whatever, but this is like my outlet for my voice to be heard uninterrupted. And I've been missing that for like a month. I've even found myself to be a little bit more irritable with people and short with people my day-to-day life than I was when I was doing the podcast or whatever. So that's just an interesting tidbit. But anywho's it, you didn't come here for that. Um guilty, guilty, guilty. David um, Chauvin, Derek Chauvin was found guilty um, of the murder of George Floyd, which I felt like took a forever to find out what we already knew and saw. Like, I thought that that was weird. But even then, like the whole day, like when I got that CNN notification that, you know, the jury was out and that they were coming up with the verdict or they had a verdict or whatever. I was just nervous, even though we all plain as day saw what happened and what transpired. There was a part of me that was like, this is about to be some fuck shit. Like, I felt like the whole time I was on a fast track roller coaster, but I've gotten so used to the up and downs when it comes to this case and knowing that the bottom's going to fall out. Like, we just know that they're going to try some some wanton um wanton endangerment bullshit wanton like what the fuck like some wanton endangerment bullshit like they did with the Breonna Taylor case but that wasn't the case and I saw bits and pieces of the trial and it felt like it was a losing trial for him but it also felt like it was a losing trial for us because we always seem to lose when it comes to these trials (laughs) you know what I mean like despite 
hardcore evidence, like we millions of people saw live and in direct this man kill this man in cold blood, like knee on his neck for nine minutes, like barbaric, like some fucking gladiator movie or some shit like that. And it was, but we, we had no idea what the outcome would be, what these white people would, what trickery and witchcraft that they would use to get him out of here. And my favorite thing of all of it was his reaction. Oh my God, white men's privileged tears are like a Gatorade to me, an elixir, not even a Gatorade, an elixir, maybe even an absinthe, you know, which I had for the first time a week ago. It was disgusting. And it wasn't as strong as I thought it was going to be, but whatever. That's neither here nor there. That's what white men's of privilege, white men pr- privileged tears taste like to me. And the fact that he looked so shocked, like he just knew he was going to get away with murder and was confused as to what the fuck happened where he couldn't get away with it is exactly everything that we have been talking about. This nigga was shocked that he got guilty on. I don't know who punked him and told him that this video won't matter or something like that. I don't know what the fuck who briefed him or who was in his corner, who punked him. I, you could tell somebody gassed him the fuck up and made him think that he was going to get away with all of this. That's crazy as hell to me. But, um, small victory, accountability, not justice. But, um, on a lighter note, the hot topic of this week is coming from none other than the lovebscott.com. Shout out to Love B. Scott. And we're talking about Cardi. Cardi B's company files legal documents to secure rights to Barty Beauty. Okay. okay. Cardi B is looking to break into the beauty industry. Cardi has submitted a trademark application to lock down the rights to a brand name, which could mean that the rapper is readying a release a number of products in the makeup industry. As first spotted by TMZ earlier Thursday, Cardi's Wash Poppin' Ink <laughs> is aiming to use the phrase on an assortment of beauty items. For a summary of the trademark application viewed by Complex, the Barty Beauty filing initially occurred on April the 16th. A status update, namely noting that the record was initialized but not yet assigned to an examiner, was added on April the 20th. Goods and services that could possibly use the Barty Beauty name are listed as cosmetics, fragrance for personal use, hair care preparation, non-medicated skin care preparations, nail polish, and nail enamel. And as TMZ pointed out, the documents also boast Cardi's signature and list her as the Wash Popping Inc. CEO. Last September, it was reported that Cardi B had filed documents aiming to get the ubiquitous WAP phrase secured for potential liquor, beer, soft drinks, clothing, purses, and other products, which I cannot wait to get a can of fizzling WAP. I don't know about you. Or take a shot of some WAP. And earlier this month, Cardi B announced a partnership with Reebok for her summertime fine collection, which is set to launch sales this week. The collection includes apparel matching colorways of the Cardi B Club Seashoe. 
I'm so proud to announce my first apparel line with Reebok, Cardi, who is said to have personally tried on each piece from the Reebok Partner Collection before approving for inclusion, and said when announcing the drop, the collection gives every woman the product they need to feel sexy and confident. The waist-snatching tights and curve-hugging silhouettes make everybody look amazing. Cardi said last month she wanted to be a billionaire woman like Rihanna. And she's going to do it. Um, I believe in Cardi. I believe in Barty Beauty. I think that it will be very envelope pushing. Um, bringing things from the hood that the... the <sighs> okay. So we always talk about how people, like a lot of white people, like to take things like um, elements from the hood, the beauty standards, or... Like even cuts, chops, dyes, um, nail color, nail shapes, um, even like clothes, items, things, um, styles that are prevalent in the hood or whatever. And they take them and try to make a mainstream, but they still can never do it like us because they're not us. And I think this was what I hope Barty Beauty provides. I feel like it's going to be some popping ass nail, uh, acrylic. Uh, nail polish colors that we've never seen before um, or we've seen before, but that can never be, how do I explain it? Can never be uh, brought front and center from anybody other than a bitch from the Bronx. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's going to be really great. I feel like our hair care products are going to be mayo, avocado, like, but making it mainstream. Things that we use at home. Um, you know, I even saw Cardi use an iron to flat iron her hair before. Like, you know, I feel like it's going to be things like that. And the idea of it, it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be very interesting. And I'm going to invest. I'm going to put my bid in. I'm looking forward to Barty Beauty. I think it's going to be everything. What do y'all think? Like, Tweet me, Carmine Davis, Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis show, Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis. Let me know what y'all think about Barty Beauty. Are y'all excited? Yay or nay? And while you're there, make sure you follow, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast because I don't do it for my motherfucking health. Um, this, well, I guess technically I do because it's kind of like my therapy, but whatever. Um, <laughs> um, but I'm excited for Barty Beauty. I'm really excited. This is the best news that I've heard. I wanted to start off with some good news, and uh, Barty's back, and bigger than better before. Wow, I feel so weird <laughs> being back in this. You would think a month after a whole year of doing this, I just, I really feel like I have, like, I'm back in, like, a chair, you know? <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. I don't know. I took advantage of the fact that this was something that I was doing every week. And after it was done, I was just sort of like, what do I do now? Like, who do I talk to? Like, I have to actually talk to people now <laughs> about how I feel. And then they don't get it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, and y'all do. My followers and subscribers do. And I appreciate that. And I love y'all. And I miss y'all so very much. Um, but y'all know things have changed. The middle segment is our. Artist Spotlight, where we talk about artists, bands, um, genres, uh, albums, songs, concepts, concerts, everything that is on my mind as far as music is concerned that I want to spotlight on. 
And this week we are talking about none other than the very messy Jaguar Wright. Now, I don't know if y'all know who Jaguar Wright is. And if you do know who Jaguar Wright is, you're like me. You're one of those people who are up on YouTube and you've gone down the wormhole of YouTube where you're finding all these YouTube clips about exposing another life of the entertainment industry where everybody's gay. They're having all these sex parties. They're fucking minors. Um, they are um, doing a lot of drugs, binging, per you know, like all these things. And right now, Jaguar, right, is that bitch that is talking and exposing everyone allegedly. From Diddy to Common to Beyonce to Whitney Houston, like Jaguar Wright has something to say about everyone, um, which is interesting because, you know, all right, let me let me tell you her backstory. Tell me, tell you why I'm talking about her, things that she has said, and then I'll tell you why all of this is so interesting to me. Okay. Jacqueline Suzette Wright Johnson, born May the 17th, 1977, better known by her stage name, Jaguar Wright, is an American R&B and ESO singer, songwriter, and narrator. She's part of the OK Player Collective. Wright has performed and collaborated alongside rap acts such as The Roots, Jay-Z, and Blackalicious. Wright wasn't born in Philadelphia. She was born and raised in New Jersey before moving to Philadelphia at around the age of 12. Okay, um... Wright was brought to the attention of hip-hop group The Roots in 1998, which eventually led to her going on tour with them. She later appeared as a backup singer for Jay-Z in 2001 and appeared in a Coca-Cola advert as part of the brand's New Soul campaign. All right, she has released two solo albums to date, Denial, Delusions, and Decisions in 2002. I love that. Um, and Divorcing Neo to Mary Soul in 2005, which I had heard of. I know that album. Wright also recorded an album entitled And Your Point Is, which was due for release in 2003 on MCA Records, who also distributed her debut before the label folded. However, many of the tracks recorded for that album later appeared on Divorcing Neo to Mary Soul. In 2007, two new songs appeared on her MySpace profile. One was a live version of a new song, Sometimes. The other, a cover version of Let's Do It Again. A further two new songs surfaced in 2009, Beautiful and Surely Shoddy, although neither saw an official release. Um, she has toured every year since her debut album was released. In March 2008, she toured Europe with Media and Hezakia for the Philly Sounds tour. Wright did not perform any new material on the tour, but did live cover versions of Sherelle's Saturday Night Love, which is my song, and Crystal Waters' Gypsy Woman, She's Homeless. Um, during the time of the tour, she announced that she was writing a novel and working on her third album. No release dates have been confirmed for either of those as yet. Okay, I'm trying to get to the point. I promise you, like, you don't care about Jaguar, right? You care about the mess that she spills, and I'm going to get to it, I promise. In 2008, but, but all this is important. Because we need to know who the fuck this bitch is and where does she get off telling all this shit? Like, and, and we're trying to find some validity in her accounts. Okay, so 
In 2008, she supplied backing vocals for Al Green's album Lay It Down. In January 2011, Jaguar Wright toured Europe with Lady Alma on the Philly Sounds 2011 tour. She revealed that she was working on a third album due out in the summer of 2011, the lead single from the new album to be called Switched. In summer of 2012, she assembled a rock and roll band, um, blah, 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 blah. 2020, Wright made headlines via social media regarding issues such as the trajectory of her music career, her fallout with several members of The Roots, as well as her grievances with artists such as Jill Scott, Erica Badu, and Mary J. Blige, as well as the startling allegations that her then-boyfriend Common sexually assaulted her after performing a concert in the mid-2000s. Jaguar Wright also was... The subject of a recent documentary from the YouTube blogger Tasha Kay entitled Gone Girl, Surviving Jaguar Wright. The documentary featured her ex-husband, her son, and various relatives who spoke against her allegations. Okay. So, boom. Recently, Jaguar Wright spoke out, which she dated Common. She spoke out about her mistreatment um, in The Roots. Um, an alleged common sexually assaulted her. Now, with the tragic news of the Roots founding member Malik B's passing echoing through the hip-hop and music worlds at the time, it's saddening that more bad news is coming out of the Soul Curian camp as Philly native Jaguar Wright makes some serious ac- accusations about the Roots' handling of Malik B's terminal cancer diagnosis and Wright's own personal claim that she was sexually assaulted by famed rapper, actor and fellow Soquarian comment. According to an almost hour-long Instagram TV video, this is coming from the source.com, um, by the way, Philly native and Soquarian singer Jaguar Wright says that despite Malik B's impending health decline, Black Thought and Questlove turned their back on their fellow crew member. Y'all all online talking about respect the family and this and that, but you didn't respect your brother enough to come get him when he was doing bad, Jaguar Wright said. Y'all wasn't trying to help him. Y'all was telling people to turn their back on him while calling him a drug addict. Wright also accuses Erica Badu and Jill Scott of silently abetting their actions after Malik was only the only root member who didn't treat them unfairly at the beginning of their careers. Erica, you haven't posted anything, but you're supposed to be this enlightened mother, Wright said. You haven't said a word about my brother when he was the only one who was treating your ass like shit because you weren't from Philly. But you quiet. You but you quiet now. I'm killing all that fake shit. In a separate Instagram live video session, Wright exposes her relationship with famed Soquarian Common who she admits to dating but claims that the rapper actor sexually assaulted her. Goddamn common. Next thing I know, we go to bed. He be like, oh, come on, Jack. No, nigga, I'm tired. I was on the stage all night. I'm going to lay down. Wright says says of one encounter, I lay down in the bed with my clothes on. I'm a rape survivor. I know how to buy myself a little time. I'm just, just in case a nigga try to get out of hand. You got to pull my pants down. By the time you pull my pants down, I'm hooking you off in your jaw. She continued, next thing I know, I wake up in the morning. I feel something poking at my face and shit. I open my mouth and this nigga trying to stick his dick in my fucking mouth. Lonnie fucking Lynn, common, whatever the fuck you want to call yourself. That's why I stopped fucking with him. Child. Okay. 
Child, what the fuck would you do if you woke up and Common was trying to stick his dick in your face? Now, this is a different type of Common. You know, like, let's just be honest. Like, you know, we are not here to victim shame or, you know, question. Because I believe this is the platform where I don't often... Often question um, people's accounts when it comes to sexual assault and battery. And, you know, I don't often. And I'm not going to in this case. Um, Jaguar Wright says that Common sexually assaulted her. Okay. So... That was in 2020. If you just did not know that little tidbit, this, I'm all, it, all, it all counts. I promise. I'm getting there. So rapper Common responds to Jaguar Wright's claim that he sexually assaulted her. For months, singer Jaguar Wright has been leveling accusations against various entertainers and industry people, including Clive Davis, Alicia Keys. Now, pay attention to this list. Like, pay attention to this list. Clive Davis, Alicia Keys, Diddy, Mary J. Blige, Tevin Campbell, and Common are just a sampling of those whose names have popped up in their stories about malicious deeds, domestic abuse, sexual violence, and other claims. While Wright drew the internet's attention with her assertions, only a handful of celebs responded directly to her. The past summer, she made her disparaging claims about Common and recently addressed the comments while appearing on Philadelphia radio station segment. Um, blah, 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 right? Of course, alleged that this nigga was trying to stick his dick in my mouth while I was asleep. Right later issued an apology to Common's girlfriend, Tiffany Hodge, the things she said about him. Basically, long story short, Common hit her with the, um, I'm praying for you and your heart. Basically. Um... He gave candid answers and said he went through a range of emotions. God bless Jaguar, he started. I really don't have any negative thoughts towards her. I was just surely disappointed and hurt when she said what she said about me because it wasn't true. And I know people that have experienced sexual assault and that's not anything to say it's, if it's not true, said Common. But I also understand that she may be going through some things that I don't understand. So in all the truth... I went through different emotions. I was like, why is she saying this? This is not true. How is this going to affect me? Common added that he paused to think about her circumstances and chose to send her thoughts and prayers rather than condemn her. He, reiter he reiterated that what she claimed about him isn't true. Um, a few other celebrities have reacted from Wright, Tevin Campbell posted it and deleted a tweet indicating that he is considering taking legal actions against Wright for saying he prostituted himself. <sighs> Taylor Quelly was another Wright, well, another artist Wright went after with um, some ch claims. She stated that they had an affair and that he was abusive towards one of his exes. <sighs> Quelly publicly refuted those claims on a YouTube video and implied Wright has mental health issues. He also said that she hasn't reached her full potential and questioned what she's contributed to the black community. Mm. At this point, he called her cougar wrong and said anyone who took her seriously would be embarrassed after hearing his story. Mm. Okay. 
I'm going to start right there. If you want to go through and look at all the Jaguar Wright mess, just type Jaguar Wright in the YouTube. She goes on these rants. One that stuck out to me the most was her uh, recollection of Diddy and his like sex parties and his like um, gay lifestyle and all of a sudden a third. Um, Hmm. Well, I, mm, I, without saying, with I don't want. Like I said, I'm not going to discredit Miss Jaguar. Right? I just don't understand where she gets the idea that she has some kind of credit. I don't see in any of her repertoire where she would even bump into these people. That's one. Like, how are you even mixing mingling with these people? So, like, how the hell would you know? But industry gossip is real. You know what I mean? Like, you know somebody who knows somebody, and they be knowing. Like, be high, they be high and drunk, telling bullshit about each other. They talk shit. You know, some of it is true, some of it is not. I'm sure Jaguar Wright was in the circle of people like Erica Badu, who somewhat knew Diddy and knew how he got down, or, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, and I don't think Diddy was even, like, looking back on shit. I don't know if Diddy was even trying to hide a lot of his... Diddy's like a party guy, and I think Diddy is the type of person who has so much money, he wants to go and do what he wants to do with whoever he wants to do it with whenever he wants to do it. So maybe there's a little validity into that, but like it feels like Jaguar Wright needs um, a Jaguar job. Like, how are you spending so much time like talking about past shit that happened in the 90s? regardless and like and i get you know if you're if you're planning on bringing these people to justice or if you have some kind of proof or some kind of anything other than just being a shock jock or trying to bring some kind of sparkle back into your career um it looks crazy to me i don't know but i to some you have to watch the youtube videos if you haven't do if you do if you have tweet me and tell me what you think like is jaguar right not right in the head is she on to something uh tweet me at carmine davis instagram.com slash carmine davis show instagram.com slash carmine davis because one thing i'm not going to do I, this platform is i'm pro-black woman so when a black woman is making claims i listen because for the most part, they're not going to sit up there and lie. But it just, I don't know. Y'all know what I'm, watch the video and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Some things I feel like she's just going on a tangent and she's going down memory lane. And then sometimes I feel like she's just making up some shit just to have a new video this week. I don't know. Go through and watch it. And I know what, it, it, it was kind of blistering because she brought up my girl mary j in it you know like i don't play it but my mary j blige like you know like i mean i know mary j blige is a nigga i know she's a hood bitch off the street y'all saw her with tyrese you know like that's the real mary j blige like you know and i love that about her so i know she she's something else and then but common too like i don't know but the and also i know that these are men in the industry and they are not used to being told no and they are disgusting and a lot of the times like you know what i mean but i don't know jaguar like it seems like she knows a lot to be around so little you know what i mean like i don't know 
Interesting, interesting, Miss Jaguar, right? I I just have to spotlight Jaguar because she is literally either she is sitting on a gold mine or they're about to lock this bitch up. But I want all of y'all to we need to be tuned in to Jaguar, right? I don't feel like we should be ignoring her. My spirit doesn't say ignore her. My spirit says watch her. But anyway, if you're just tuning in for whatever reason, you know, you just came out of the, you know, the men's room and they're playing my podcast at the racetrack, you know, <laughs> in the racetrack audio, they just turned off the soft rock and decided to play my podcast. And you're like, who the fuck is this? Follow me, The Carmine Davis Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, we're on Amazon Music. Did y'all see that deal? Humble brag, I was one of the first podcasts, like one of the first actually black podcasts, I think. They asked me to do it a long time ago. I don't know if I ever talked about it, but whatever. It was it was a good look. Amazon Music, our spot our podcast on Amazon Music. We're pretty much everywhere almost now. The the four major platforms, Google, Amazon, all that jazz. So follow us. But anyway, um, let's go on to the final um segment of the show. The love, sex, and relationship segment, which is also one of my favorite thing. I feel like that's probably what I've been more experimenting with than anything during a hiatus. Um, I've been having a lot of fun going out. You know, now that you know we getting vaxxed and shit. You know what I mean? Like a little feels a little better. Um. Sometimes, sometimes, you know, sometimes I'm filled with crippling anxiety out on a date and there are no masks. And I'm like, this is going to be the day I'm going to wake up and I'm not going to be able to breathe. But we do not live in fear. We are optimistic. And um, we're here for a good time and a long time. But as we go into um, this life of vaccinations, post-pandemic life, we're, we're starting to wrap around. We're starting to see people. Remember my first episode of my show I was talking about, I didn't think that we would ever have concerts again. And now people are readying, honey, going back on the road. They have plans. People are coming into arenas, you know, and I'm, I'm not going to be on the negative side of this. I'm going to be on the positive side and be ready to to go through this together to get to a sense of kind of normalcy because I really wasn't like tripping during lockdown but a lot of my friends and associates and all that were so if it can get y'all to stop fucking crying because y'all had to spend a couple of months in your own shit you know let's go out I mean fuck it you know what I mean like Let's get outside, let's get our vaccinations, and let's do the motherfucking thing. But another thing I've been thinking about is how, like, dating and sex is going to, like, what is that going to be like? And Cosmopolitan.com, Cosmopolitan.com, has an idea of the future of sex. According to the Big Deal data, your post-pandemic sex life is going to be interesting. Um, it's been half a century since the sexual revolution, and we're still waiting for version 2.0. And who would have thought that all of the things to actually trigger it, sex toys, dating apps, millennials, a viral pandemic pandemic would be the one. 
But here we are on the brink of the end of the longest year of our lives, looking for a new world order in which every aspect of our existence will be a little bit something that rhymes with unshmrizendented. Including, and maybe more drastically, our relationships. Here at last, the dawn of the new age of sex. One might assume, including your own Cosmopolitan and Esquire editors, who stated discussing the shift last year, tossing around our respective expertise in the lives of American women and men, that the next era would look just like a shit ton of casual sex. But one might be wrong. After surveying 2,000 people around the country with the help of our actual expert friends at the famed Kinsley Institute, spending dozens of hours grilling social scientists and taking, talking to literally anyone with sexual organs who would listen, we've arrived at a very different reality. And it's impressive, exciting, daunting, but also very not. Um, basically, it's relief from literally whatever sexual mag you've been in. Because the future of sex is this. Every person, single or coupled, or throppled, and more than that in a minute, very intentionally seeking better and bolder sex, not just more of it. In fact, sometimes purposely less. Let us explain. Okay. The casual hookup is going to be less of a thing. Of our survey, respondents say that they are more likely to ask a potential partner about their physical health before consenting to sex and 0% of people, no, 13% of people say the biggest concern about dating after the pandemic is finding someone who wants to commit. And about 42% of our survey respondents say that they are more likely to ask a potential partner about their physical health before consenting to sex. So it's very hard to change the pattern of behavior. And the pandemic was the unusual jolt into the system, says uh, Logan Ulrey, Director of Relationship Science. Yes, that's a title, which I should have gotten. Like, I should be the Director of Sexual Science or Relationships. Oh, I'm the Director of Sexual Science. (laughs) He works at Hinge. Lockdown ended up being a reset button for the disposability of the dating app years, which with the perspective that can only come from studied hindsight or, you know, 12 months in complete isolation. We now realize we're less about pursuing satisfaction than they were about pursuing pursuit. There was no respect for the experience of casual sex, says sex researcher Zana Vring. I'm not going to even pretend to get that name right. PhD. People didn't really try to put in the passion, intimacy, skill, and giving that could make for a really good hookup. Boom, we talk about this all the time. Sidebar, we talk about that all the time, about how the casual sex and all that is no spark in it. But when you find someone that you're really interested in and you like, the fucking is amazing. That's why I tend to not have sex with people who I'm not passionate about. Or I try to pretend that I'm passionate about them. And that's what, you know, the sex makes them feel better. You know, if you pretend like you're passionate and like you love everything about them from their toes to their head, like you just make them feel like they are the man or they are that bitch, they're going to fuck you better. But anyway, that's why we may be nearing and we never thought we'd write this. 
I never thought I'd be reading this, but the death of the one night stand, more than half our survey respondents say that they're just not into it anymore. And 64% say they're less interested in having more than one sexual partner at a time. Roughly the same number are prioritizing when they resume their out in the world dating lives, the hunt for a deep connection over a quick hit. It's almost like a after a year of abject terror around the world and your ability to live in it, you want your sexual partner to be something of an emotional one too. Enter a new breed of efficiency. Instead of swipe slash meet for drink slash I'm already here so I might as well fuck them. The next few years will look more like swipe. Do I see us having chemistry? Let's talk for a while first. 33% of our respondents want to wait longer to meet someone in person. And 37% also want to wait longer to have sex. After all, as the PhD woman reminds, we just spent a year learning that you can go a while without having sex and the world is going to not end. Well, it might, but not because you weren't having sex. That's probably why of the people who use video chatting during the pandemic, a massive 7% intended to keep it afterwards, taking more of the time before committing to a date. So it's hopefully the first, but not the only. Okay. And we got some more about 51% report that they're now more likely to use a condom. Okay. 52% of the singles say a committed relationship is what they want next. The assumption might have been sadistic visions of lockdown induced divorces and cabin fever breakups. But it turns out that for most of us, even the ones who spent the past year becoming reluctantly familiar with our significant other's work meeting voices, we still want to be in a committed long-term relationships. Consider one of the biggest surprises of our future to be this. According our, to our survey, only 7% of people who fantasize about leaving their partner actually intended to split. In fact, a solid half of people who experienced the pandemic as part of a couple say their relationship quality, specifically affection and sexual attraction, is better now. And 44% of survey respondents overall feel that commitment itself is more important to them than before. It's apparently making us want to turn ourselves into more committable people. According to Yuri, more than half of Hinge users say they took advantage of this time to break bad dating habits, ghosting, chasing after someone who's not interested, and establish better ones, more self-reflection and intentionality. Wow. Here's, the, here's to the dating pool we deserve. Okay, some more facts. Um, 68% of respondents think that they're less likely to cheat. Okay. 53% of the Gen Zers and Millennials are more likely to cancel a date if they don't feel well. Let us be really fucking clear. All this lovey-dovey stuff does not mean the future of sex is a boring one. The pandemic made already committed people acutely aware of what it takes to keep things interesting. And it made the singles among us experienced enough at satisfying ourselves that the bar for potential partners is high. It's also that we realize we haven't had all the kinds of sex we wanted to have, says Virgilian. I'm sorry, ma'am, um, of the morality salience that hit all of us over the past year. There's this feeling of it's now or never. And so both within relationships and beyond them, we're getting demonstrably more exploratory. 
19% of our respondents are more inclined to pursue an open relationship in the future, and 40%, 46% say that they're engaged in a more sexual experimentation, from erotica to mutual masturbation to toys and beyond. The sexual industry, by the way, is licking its chops. But as it prepares to ride this high, it's also becoming more introspective and inclusive about who it's designing for. The next era of sex toys says future of sex podcaster Brian Cole and authority on the subject is about asking how do we embrace non-binary people, this, the disability community. At this core, at its core, that's what the post-pandemic years will be about too. Embracing more, doing it better, and trading up from the idea that getting some is getting it all. Wow, oh, I agree. That was awesome, Cosmopolitan.com. Um, I think that that article was very it was it's weird. Like it felt like I was like being read because I'm kind of the opposite now. I'm more like I want to just chill. You know, if you are just tuning into this podcast for some reason and you just never heard of me, I'm I like, Your Honor, I'm a freak bitch. You know, handcuffs, leashes. You know, I, I like to fuck. And when I'm with a partner, I tend to like to fuck a lot. Like, I connect two times a day and I would be like, where the next one at? Like, Get it up, nigga. You know, like, but <laughs> I have slowed down during a pandemic and I realized that, you know, actually speaking to someone and talking to them and them getting to know me as a person and slow walking them and, and dating them and like being sexually attracted to them and, and their mental and waiting and taking my time to give them all to it makes it even better. But Here's to a better life post-pandemic. Like I said, I felt like this has some horrific things happen to us in the last year. But I feel like we are going to have such a better future. If we all go get vaccinated. So, and speaking of which, I gotta go. <laughs> I love y'all. I'm back, bitches. And, um... I will see y'all next week. Bye, child.